Hi, welcome to Fun Facts Live. I'm your host, David, and with me today is Allison. Hello. Caitlin. Hi. And Maria. Hi. Awesome. Got a great crew today. Uh, no live arts day. Uh, RJ and Jake are otherwise occupied. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's start with... How about Caitlin? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm very sorry. This is not a fun fact. This is a bit of a gruesome fact, but it's like weird. And I have not been able to get it out of my head <laughs> since I learned it, since I read it about a week ago. All right. Sounds awesome. Okay. So. <laughs> I read this in a book about Anne Boleyn. So you can kind of guess where this is going. <laughs> yep. Um, so <laughs> there's no good way to say this, but just to jump right in. When someone is decapitated, <laughs> they actually, it's, it's believed that they, they maintain, they still have consciousness for like 15 yeah. seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I've, okay, I've heard that. <laughs> and I just... It's also very oh disturbing. God. <laughs> and so it's like your head is lying there and you're like seeing things because you don't die until enough of the blood drains out of your brain for it to stop working. <laughs> yes, I've heard that the way they used to intentionally like take the severed head and put it facing the body. To, oh, so that they could um, see their see, own body. Yes, just oh, just, well, <laughs> just for some added uh, punishment, I guess, gruesome punishment. Yeah. yeah. Well, and <laughs> yeah, there's some. Well, I, so I'm reading this whole series um, that uh, this author Allison Weir wrote about, where she wrote one about each of Henry VIII's wives. Uh -huh. And so they're, they're, they're novelizations, but she is a historian by training. And so she uses, you know, she sticks to history as closely as she can and, and you know, takes fairly minor liberties for narrative purposes, right? And so all the characters are real people and she uses, you know, excerpts from their real letters and all sorts of things. So. Wow. But there are some mentions in these books of pretty gruesome torture that they would that people that people would go through if they were like found guilty of treason, which oh. didn't always take much if you were, you know, messed with the wrong person. Right. right? Yeah. And oh. uh, and like, you know, so I mean hanging is pretty gruesome but it was like they would hang them until they were mostly dead but not all the way dead and then they would do other things to the body and it's just like oh, oh. Ah. have a drawn and quartered or yeah, yeah, stretched on the yeah. rack oh my goodness yeah. I'm so happy I didn't yes. live back then but like Anne Boleyn was lucky because she had like the professional royal right. executioner but if you if you didn't have they a sharp actually, blade or a right they brought someone in from yeah. France, I think. It wasn't yeah. even like, wasn't even like a local. The, yeah, local. <laughs> they, they, they really brought a skilled swordsman 
yeah. who was, and so she died, you know, I think kneeling upright as opposed to like head down, you know, on the block. <laughs> but Ugh. yeah, even so, I mean, it was, it's going to be painful no matter what. And yeah. So yeah. what a way to go. Yeah. When I, uh, happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I have a, a, for some reason, I don't know if like just being exposed to like being a, like a little kid history nerd, have a very <laughs> severe fear of guillotines uh, and cannonballs. Because, <laughs> uh, like, like, if you were, like, guillotines, you know, pretty efficient, whatever, it's more, like, I think having to, like, put yourself in the thing is scary. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the, the weight <laughs> is scary. But cannonballs, it's, like, super hot and going really fast on the ground. Like, uh-huh. it, it hits the ground. It's still rolling at a really fast trajectory. That's how a lot of people... Like lost their lower limbs. You don't. It's uh, like a direct hit to your chest. It's uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> watched. I watched Glory at a, a very <laughs> impressionable age. Impressionable age. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're a lot of terrible ways to die. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're very lucky. A lot of these yeah. have been removed from our. Yeah. Having to worry about. Well, I think I just want to, you know go in my sleep or something so i just don't want to i just don't want to be conscious for it no executed (laughs) no yeah let's that's at a minimum yeah 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 Yeah. all right well i'm glad we got that one over with (laughs) on that cheerful note although i haven't gotten a chance to see it yet but there's a musical on broadway right now called six about the six wives of henry the eighth Oh really? Yeah, it's supposed to be fantastic. Oh okay. Yeah. Is it a dramatic musical? It's no, a musical, right? No, it's like a pop musical. Okay. It's like from uh, their perspective, and I think if I remember, I, I'm sure I'm getting this wrong, but like it's essentially almost like a pageant, like a subversive, <laughs> a subversive pageant okay. about which one is okay. the most important to history. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Which I feel it's like, kind of a, a a dark humor. Yeah, I don't know how anyone has a case other than the first two, but I don't know. Maybe I'll have to listen to the music. <laughs> well, I mean, if you wanted to be one of them, you'd want to be one of the ones who outlived him. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> but were they as important to history? I don't no, know. probably not. Yeah, <laughs> I think you got to go Anne Boleyn. Well, I haven't. I mean, I'm only on. I'm only on the Jane Seymour book, so you know, I'm only on three of six. So I'll have to report back after I've read, read some more of them. I mean, because his last wife was married like four times. I mean, she got married another, I think, two times after him, and um, so she. I think she was actually fairly influential, but people don't know about her very much. She. There was anyway. I'll have to. I'll come back with some fun facts okay. in like a month or two uh, when I read that when I read her book. Okay, you can you can prove me wrong, but I think like mom to Queen Elizabeth, an impetus oh, sure. an impetus for founding the Church of England. That's yes. gonna be hard to beat. No, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> okay. arguing that she's okay. the most important. Okay. But I'm saying she's okay. like a good third. Okay, that's fair. I would take. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right, Maria. How, is there any way you can follow up? <laughs> that <laughs> well i can't connect it but um that's probably good connect, 
<laughs> I can connect it to an earlier episode okay. when I talked about the dinosaurs uh, in Texas. Oh, awesome. Oh. Callback. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For over five years, there's been excavations going on less than 20 minutes from my home. Oh. And paleontologists have discovered bones and fossils from animals and plants from 203 million years ago. Oh. Mm -hmm. And some of the bones are believed to be from a new kind of uh, carnivorous dinosaur, which was up to 10 meters tall with feet that were up to 70 centimeters wide. Wow. 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 That's enormous. Yeah, and these uh, dinosaurs are some of the oldest that's been found and predates the uh, time period Jurassic. Wow. Wow. And the finds have been described as uh, rewriting prehistoric Sweden, as wow. there's been an entire ecosystem uh, discovered. That's wow. incredible. That's close wow, enough. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's so close to you. Like, yeah. Maybe you're like walking over some interesting stuff every day. <laughs> you, yeah. you go uh, digging in the backyard <laughs> if you can find something good. I'm sure Leo would find something. Um, wow, yeah. that's impressive. Is Did the all... site like open to the public? Can you go see it or? Uh, I'm not sure okay. actually. Very interesting. Um, did you all see the the um, the dinosaur skeleton that RJ posted in Discord? <laughs> yeah. If you didn't, no. you need to see it. It's, it's a unicorn skeleton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, arguably the worst reconstruction of a, a yeah. dinosaur ever. It was like. Um, Pretty bad. A head attached to some legs. There was no body. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. But yeah, I always got to wonder. I always have wondered, like, how accurate these things are and how much of it is, like, um, you know, just kind of. We found a whole bunch of bone fragments and assembled them in some random way that may or may not mm -hmm. actually be. <laughs> To the best of our knowledge, but our knowledge wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And looking at that reconstruction really, uh, it really makes you wonder. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, how much of this? Um, I do, I remember, I don't remember which museum I was in, but now I pay a lot more attention to um, how much of the, of the um, skeleton is reconstructed and versus real and i think you can get statistics on that but anyway if you look close sometimes they it's slightly different color yeah. for the like modeling clay or whatever they do to fill in the blanks and then um that's pretty uh telling on some of them which it seems like there's probably only like 10 percent of real bone there and, and like who knows if it was put together properly yeah. so anyway i don't know my, some of my skepticism about these <laughs> about these dinosaur reconstructions. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know about it. No. No. <laughs> Suspect. 
All right. Well, cool. If you ever get a chance to check that out, let us know. If you get to go, like, yeah. like look at it. I would at least. It's, it's only twenty uh, minutes away. I'd at least drive by and see. <laughs> yeah, it's a clay quarry. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh so they had to stop mining clay while the yeah. um, historians mm-hmm. come in. Okay. The archaeologists. Yeah. There's been eight thousand finds. Wow, wow, that's incredible. Wow. I wonder what happened there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's an even bigger one, just like that was his uh, dinner remains. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's not like it's tar pits or anything, so yeah. Right. It'll be interesting to hear the theories about what happened there. Yeah. yeah. All right, Allison, what have you got for us today? Not nothing great. I know. I didn't preface this with nothing great. I, I got a little like <laughs> taste of what's coming, and it's true. It's not. Uh-oh. It's not that great. Okay, so I had I had an idea for a fun fact that turned out to be based on nothing. <laughs> yeah. So David was trying to help me come up with one that's sort of related, and it's okay. So I have okay. Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> All right. So okay. to give you the where the origin, probably the origin of this fun fact is slightly more interesting than anything I'm going to share that's factual. Um, so my boss got a really angry email this week, in all caps, and he was like, "What is wrong with people? Why would you from, why wait would, from a member of the public or from another from another colleague?" Okay. Um, and I was like, benefit of the doubt, person had cap lo- caps lock on, didn't realize it. Um, and then I looked at my keyboard and I was like, why are all the letters capitalized, but my caps lock key is written in a lowercase? Better, better question. Why is this interesting to you? Why did this catch, why did you even come but, up with? So on my laptop, my, my cheap work laptop, it's all of the, everything that's like caps lock, shift, tab is all written in lowercase. And I was like, oh, maybe there's a reason why the letter keys are capitalized and like the, the keys with words or text, like full text on them are lowercase. Turns out that's only my laptop. <laughs> David <laughs> capitalizes the first word. So it's like, that's not really a thing. Yeah, no. It's, it's <laughs> and not. then I was trying to be like, oh, but the default for a letter key is lowercase, not capital. Why are they written on capital on the keys? Also, couldn't find any information about that. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, so David nothing. was like, why don't you do the history of the QWERTY keyboard? So here we go. <laughs> oh, you're actually doing it. Okay. <laughs> um, sort of. So QWERTY, which is kind of the, the standard layout for, um, for, I don't, is it, it's, English-speaking countries, not just the U.S., I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Sweden, as oh. well, has oh. QWERTY. Oh. Oh, see? Learning things yeah. that I didn't find this morning. Um, so I said, it's not a great one. Um, so the keyboard went through kind of several iterations with kind of the finalized version um, coming out in the 1870s, but it actually started as two rows of characters with the thinking that the origin was like piano style where you had two rows uh, of like keys, white and black uh-huh. keys. Um, where letters, numbers, and punctuations were mixed between the first 
between the two rows. It wasn't like numbers and punctuations and then letters underneath. Um, and then after that iteration, supposedly based on feedback from telegraph operators, um, they went to a uh, four row system. Um, and then finally in, I think it was 1878, they finalized kind of what we know as most of the modern layout with the Remington number two typewriter. Um, so one of the kind of theories, and this is why David thought it might be interesting, but it's unsubstantiated, is the reason that the keys aren't in order of frequency or arranged to maximize efficient typing um, is because what they wanted to do is reduce the likelihood of clashing of the type bars um, if people were typing too fast, but there's mm-hmm. there's never been any kind of substantiation that was that that was one of the factors, but it's commonly believed to be. Yeah, I I think I've heard that too that it was something about with typewriters. Yeah, that you like reduced jams or something. Yep. Yep. And yeah, this so was I... also the first typewriter to have a shift key where you could switch from capital to lowercase. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Useful. So I was going through the history of of um typing typewriter technology because believe it or not (laughs) i've actually like used every one of these these kinds of typewriters because during my lifetime believe it or not this technology was rapidly um evolving well you weren't born before 1870 no 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 but my so no 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 Fun fact for season. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I was. I went to a school that didn't have a lot of resources, and when I learned to type, um, to touch type, the only thing they had were mechanical typewriters. Believe it or not, so um, I am intimately acquainted with jamming <laughs> the keys because uh, the way they worked is each key was um, mechanically attached to a, a like arm a metal arm that uh, when you pushed it would swing up into the air and then on the end of it would be a the letter which was die cast um so that when it hit the the it hit a, a ribbon of carbon or ink depending on what type of of uh, ribbon you had it um would make that the impression of that letter on the piece of paper and then advance the the carriage so everything was entirely mechanical but the thing is yeah if you if you activated two arms that happened to be next to each other at the same time they would get stuck up uh, at the piece of paper and then you'd have to reach up and push them back down Mm -hmm. so um yeah so the theory is that in order to prevent that um it created a very inefficient keyboard layout so you couldn't type too fast and and jam the keyboard very easily um but uh, i also thought the shift technology since you mentioned that was interesting because um that was completely manual so each arm had two letters on it an uppercase and a lowercase one on it and when you press the shift button it actually physically lowered all of them the whole the whole mechanism down so that the lowercase or sorry the uppercase one letter would hit instead of the lowercase one when it came forward anyway fast i i think it's 
mechanically very fascinating that it all works without any power. But then uh, my, my class got upgraded <laughs> to electric typewriters. <laughs> so um, they were pretty awesome, but it used exactly the same technology, except you didn't have to push as hard um, to actually push, physically push the lever all the way up. Because those old ones, you had to hit the keys really hard in order to put, generate enough force to, to yeah. type well. If you hit them too soft, there would just be a, nothing or just a very faint mark. <laughs> so uh, the electric one had power behind it, so you just touch it and bam, it would, it would hit real fast. Um, one of my favorite parts of like old timey de uh, detective stories is whenever there's like a ransom note, they can like match it back to the typewriter because yes. it has like a wonky. Yes, there are, everyone's slightly, yeah, slightly different. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but the um, those ones were real fun because um, if you got going fast, every time you hit the the carriage return, that was also powered. Um, but if the typewriter wasn't uh, like very secured on the desk, uh, when you hit that, it would send your your typewriter kind of <laughs> flying off at a at an angle. So it was it was uh, it was a whole thing where I hit. You get into a rhythm where you type, 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 hit enter, boom, the thing moves over. You got to slide, slide it back and go on the next line. So, yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> do the whole history here. Yeah. Almost done now. There's, uh, we, went, we moved to printer technology. Um, and we had something called a daisy wheel, which is very similar in that it has arms that... Um, uh, have the letters on the end of them, but instead of this whole mechanical thing flying up and hitting, there was a, a you can picture petals on a daisy, um, they're arranged in a circle, and the letter that you wanted would rotate to the top, and then a little um, mechanism would shoot out and push it into the, into the ribbon, and... Uh, Hit and then the paper. So that's how that's how that one worked. Uh, and then, but that that was really good. Um, of course, we had the dot matrix printers, but that was those are real fast. But they uh, they were notoriously um, bad in terms of the quality because they were like a bunch of metal pins that would uh, are those shoot the loud out. Ones? They make a lot of noise. Okay, yeah. 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 Were those the ones that you printed on that paper that had the little, all the little holes punched yes. inside? And after you printed it, you would like rip the yes, holes called off the tra edge. Tractor yeah. feed paper is what it's called. You'd get a whole stack of a whole box of it. You'd roll it on the little spindle and then it would start pulling it through so you could do long printouts without having to keep, you know, putting that's, in pieces of paper. That's definitely the first printer I used. Okay. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember those in element having those in elementary school. Yeah. Yes. Like not at home, definitely, but at my school. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh the that was super fast and cheap, but um and it, the nice thing about it was it could print different fonts because it was using um a pattern of pins that could be programmed to shoot out different different patterns. So, you could um, that was the first type of technology that you could use uh, fonts on the fly. Although, um, okay, one another type of technology. I worked in a print shop, and 
we had to have super high quality prints, so you couldn't use dot matrix. Uh, and in fact, you couldn't use the early laser printers, but either because they weren't super good quality. But uh, IBM had something called the Selectric, which um, was a ball that had all the letters pressed, you know, die cast into it. And when you it's push. Like the Wikipedia logo? Oh, maybe. Yeah, it was almost like a full round circle, uh -huh. except for the part that attached on the bottom. Yeah. And it would spin and rotate into position and then whack the, uh, the same thing, whack a carbon ribbon onto the paper. But the cool thing about that was you could pop off the ball and put a different ball on and have a different font. So, and also it was programmable. So what I would do, um, so back in those days, you know, backspace was a big problem because it was ink on paper. <laughs> so what yeah. you would do is uh, like either manually, you'd have this uh, uh, stuff, you either had to use whiteout, mm -hmm. so you'd brush it on and then type over it. <laughs> or they had this uh, corrective stuff that uh, it was like, a, yeah, so you could type, um, you, you could type the same letter over top in white. Um, and that would that would that was a cleaner version of it. And in mm. fact, some typewriters had that built in, so they'd have two ribbons, and you could go into like correct mode and hit backspace, and it would pop the white ribbon down, hit the same letter, and white it out, and then you could you could go over it. But of course, that's not good enough for a, for a printing press, prep, you know, preparing for a printing press. So. Uh, the way we did that is I would I would type everything out and also one cool thing about the Selectric with the ball um, It had proportional spacing so regular typewriters before them would advance the carriage the same amount No matter what the letter was. So if you had an I that wasn't very wide it would um, move it would take the same amount of space as a W yeah. Which, if you're reading a page, is not very, is not very nice to read. It's it's kind of, uh, kind of disrupts the flow. So anyway, the Selectric could do proportional spacing, um, custom spacing for each letter. So anyway, I would type it all out. If I made mistakes, I could backspace. It would white it out. Blah blah blah. And it, but it was it had a memory. So when I got to the end of the page. Even though I had made a bunch of mistakes in the process, what I would do is rip out the that piece of paper, put a fresh piece in, and hit print, and it would reprint the the whole page without all my mistakes. So anyway, that was that was that technology, and I and Allison's glazing over, so I'll stop there. But <laughs> there was no, sorry, I my, my I can look this up. My brain went to. Um, when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, God, how did people used to justify pages in books? Oh, that's so that would justify <laughs> it. So I would type it out. But like before it, before this technology existed, like oh, a long time ago, yeah. how did people justify just manually, just like a typesetter yeah. with a good eye for design? Yeah, that would be really hard to do. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Uh, Maria knows a lot about books. Maria, do you know when books for... started to be justified in text? Uh, no. Okay. But I've seen handwritten stuff that's been justified. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but I imagine it's I imagine each character can be individually customized yeah. to squeeze in the last little bit. Wow. <laughs> and to hyphenate. Yeah. And I guess some texts like oh, Chinese don't have you don't have you can just break it anywhere. 
Um, but anyway, because okay. they don't have, I don't think Chinese, do I remember that right? They don't have spaces? I don't think they do. Anyway, um, yeah, so I could go on and on about my printing career, but I'll stop there. <laughs> Hope that was somewhat interesting. <laughs> But yeah, we've come a long way, um, all the way to the point now where it doesn't even matter anymore because we don't use paper that much. So, yeah, yeah. Right. most of us. Yeah. <laughs> most of us still celebrate it. So, anyway, sorry, was that the end of your fun fun fact? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I will throw in one more thing about your fun fact specifically, and that okay. is that there are different types of keyboards now that we don't have these problems where. We need to make the keyboard inefficient. Um, so there's a keyboard which I believe is called Devoke. It's spelled D-V-O-R-A-K, but I think it's pronounced Devoke, um, which is much more efficient for typing typical English words uh, without having to move your fingers so much. So like, you know, the E is not going to be on, is not going to be a stretch for your finger, of course, because it's yeah. it's so common. It's going to be under your your home row. So anyway, um, that is available. And in fact, Apple finally, I think with iOS 16, added it to their their uh, keyboard support. I haven't tried it myself yet, but it's there if you want to try it. It's supposed to be a lot more efficient, but the problem is super hard to overcome yeah. <laughs> momentum, right? Yeah. QWERTY is everywhere. It's super hard to get away from it. Uh, it's super hard to learn another keyboard. And even if you do have it, customized on your phone then when you go back to your laptop you're all screwed up so yeah it's tough it's tough to it's tough to ever undo something like that that's so you know yeah yeah muscle memory yeah <clears throat> yep yep all right that's, that's all. it for gruesome fun and not great facts live <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see you all again. Same place, same time next week. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>